Hello. We want to thank you for joining our Living Messiah family by downloading this podcast. We hope it blesses you and enriches your life. We also want to encourage you, uh, if you can, and if your heart is so moved, to support this ministry by going on our website, livingmessiah.com, and donating to help us to put these podcasts in every nation, every place, so we can bring these messages to change lives, to help people grow in the Word of God. Once again, thank you so much for being part of our family. Shalom. Great. Shabbat shalom, everyone. I'm glad all of you guys are here today. You've got to love Arizona weather. I know. It's like, oh, talk about the weather. But it's nice out there. A little brisk, but it's, I, I love it. Compared to the rest of the country, woo, we are blessed, are we not? All right. So um, let me go ahead and open in. And, oh, I want to say hello to our online friends and family as well, too. Hello, guys out there. And as you know, livingmessiah.com is our uh, the website, there's a donate button, and we thank you for all those who do give uh, and support uh, Living Messiah here. Thumbs up, it's always nice too. So let me uh, open in prayer, and then um, we'll start getting into everything, okay? Father Yahweh, great and mighty you are. There is none like you. Father, you are unique. Father, we thank you. We thank you, your faithfulness to yourself, to, to your character, who you are. Father, the love that you show to us through your Messiah, your Son. Father, we thank you. Be with us today. Have your spirit be here. And, oh, Father, we want to understand and grow closer to you and to one another according to your ways, Father. So be with us today, Father, and help us to grow in that manner, like the likeness of your Son. Amen. All right. Okay, and as you guys also know as well, it's always good to mention it. There's two mics out there, so if you have a question or comment, just raise your hand. That mic uh, will find its way to you. And all we ask is try to be on the subject of what we're talking about in Acts, not to get ahead, because the whole purpose of this Bible study is so we all can learn together. And uh, as you know, I'm learning right along with you. So, so with all that being said, as you know, we're in chapter 27. Okay, for... Uh, I've been doing this, and I think this is kind of interesting. This is a verse to look out for as we read. Hopefully, we're going to get this far. Uh, Acts 27, 25. Therefore, take courage, men, for I believe, Elohim, that it shall be according to the way it was spoken to me. Paul said this. So let's be on the lookout for this verse. So last week, as a review, last week Paul was before King Agrippa, if you recall. Um, It was great timing, if you think about it. It was awesome timing. It led Paul to speak before people. Otherwise, he may have never had the opportunity to do so. Okay? It is clear then that Elohim is orchestrating what he said about Paul and his mission and what, what it was about. Again, it was, um, again, we found in this small little, it really wasn't a trial, but an investigation, so to speak. But we found that Paul was uh, doing none at all, again, deserving of death or of change, okay? But since Paul appealed to Caesar then earlier, then Caesar, he's going to go. So... I think it's interesting. Those who had a zeal for their tradition, 
over the faith of their God, Elohim, so much to have Paul to be murdered actually helped make this all possible, if you think about it, okay? Because it could have been solved a long time ago, but it went to this person, this little trial, this trial, this trial, and now a bigger group of people who had never heard what Paul, the message that Paul was given, they actually heard. Um, so it's interesting in that aspect, and there's so many t uh, places in Scripture, what was meant for uh, evil, then Elohim turned to good, or quite, or I think that was basically the Joseph story. He even uttered those words to his brothers, okay? But uh, here's something else to consider, uh, and it's here a comparison, and it's for you to decide or whatever, but in my thought process, in all this, I thought it was interesting what is going on in some sense. And, and if you zoom back, okay, and overlook it, in the hardening of the heart, because that really is what's happening to a lot of people. Their heart is hardened to this message of deliverance uh, of, of, of Elohim's people. And we know that same pattern, uh, this, this type of account, uh, we find in Pharaoh, okay? In Exodus 9, it says this, And for this reason, I have raised you up in order to show you my power. This is referring to Pharaoh. And in order to declare my name in all the earth, you, you still exalt yourself against my people in that you do not let them go. So, what I'm seeing specifically here with this group after Paul in his message, it, let's say you still exalt your tradition against my prophets, against my people, and keep them from my Messiah. Keep them from this message of deliverance. And Messiah spoke about this, uh, this in so many words as well, about that. Uh, those teachers of the time not entering the kingdom and actually keeping others from entering themselves. So, but let's continue with our story here. So let's try to finish at least uh, the end of uh, 27. If we get further, we're going to get further. So let's begin. Oh, I got to get some water too. Excuse me on that. So Acts 27. And when it was decided that we should sail to Italy, Italy, they delivered Shaul and some of the prisoners to one named Julius, a captain of the Augustan Regiment. And having embarked in a ship from Armetium, excuse me, I got that. I should have looked up that one too, but I didn't. But you know what I want to do mention, because we're going to be talking a lot of travel, so I'm going to skip a lot because it's just it's just uh, let's get to the, some of the heart in here okay so basically it was decided that uh that um Saul was and other prisoners were going to be uh uh sailing on a ship out ultimately the goal is Rome is Caesar so in a nutshell really Paul is on the move again and if you really followed all the way through Acts Paul's always moving. He's always doing something. He's on, I, I don't have that type of energy. 
but Paul, he, he was everywhere. I mean, I mean, that's crazy, too. That it's amazing. Elohim chose the right man for sure, just like Moses. So they sailed close to Crete and passing um, it with difficulty. They came to a place called Fair Haven near the city of, uh, of uh, Lycia. OK, so this gives you the map outline of where we're at. Uh, they traveled from Caesarea's where uh, where we we excuse me where we began as far as uh, with Agrippa okay so from there from Caesarea uh, like I said there's a lot of knowledge about shipping here and 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 things like that but I go back and read it because it's really dramatic and if you put your uh, drama eyes on and in that you'll see that in all these things that are in this voyage as they're heading out but so this is where they come to fair havens in crete um there's a lot of knowledge of shipping and sailing so you'll have to go and look up certain things on that as well but in the ancient times of the romans I, I don't want to make it all part of the study, but there is a couple little things I think that are good to mention as, as we go through here. Roman records indicate that cargo ships varied in size from 50 to 100 feet in length. There was also large vessels that were 130 feet long, and those are pretty good for that time period, right? Can't beat Noah's Ark at the time, but hey, we're, things have changed, right? One vessel was reported to be 180 feet long with a crew, guards, and passengers totaling 600 people. That's a lot of people on a boat uh, in those days. So Luke speaks of, uh, speaks of a ship that they will eventually transfer to, okay? And it will have uh, 276 people on board that one, and it's considered a medium-sized ship for at that time. Okay, but still. Now, what is interesting, and you'll hopefully pick this up in certain places that we touch, the Roman govern government also uh, hired private ship owners to, trans uh, to transport goods and cargo. Remember, Rome was mainly, most of their ships were warships, and you can't have them sailing around with cargo in case they, they have their purpose. So the Romans did hire outside hire private ship owners to do this. And it was a widespread practice, and I read that that was the case. Paul and Luke ended up on a ship that was privately owned, and, uh, and it seemed to be a grain ship of some sort. And this plays part into the story. It gives you a little bit. I don't want to go in too much, like I said. Note here, though. There are good seasons and bad seasons, uh, right, for sailing ships, especially back then, depending on the wind, okay? And as you guys know, you read ahead, it's bad weather ahead. This is a bad season to be out, and we'll see that as well. So this is where they end up as we're here. So in as much, um, and much time having passed, and the sailing now being dangerous because of the uh, because of the fast 
was already over, Shaul advised them, saying, Men, I see that this voyage is going to end with damage and great loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also our lives. But the captain was uh, persuaded by the pilot and the owner of the ship rather than uh, Saul, or what Saul said. And because the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the greater part advised to set sail from there too. If somehow they were able to reach Phoenix, Sky Harbor, no, Phoenix, the harbor of Crete facing south, uh, southwest and northwest to pass the winter. So this gives us a good indication, especially uh, there's a lot of references. It's saying it's wintertime, and this would indicate then Paul saying the past has, has, uh, has gone by. What feast do you think that would be on the Hebrew calendar? What is known as at least one day everyone must fast? Just blot it out. Come on. Yom Kippur. So, and this puts us then in that season coming into fall, coming into winter. So it kind of fits. Uh, I, I, I really do so. So this does kind of give us a time frame in some aspects, okay? So, and a south wind blowing softly, uh, uh, blowing uh, softly, thinking they have obtained their uh, purpose, Having lifted anchor, they sailed along Crete, close to uh, close to inshore, and and not long after, a stormy headwind rushed down from it, called the nor'eastern, and when that ship was caught in it, and unbelievable to head against the wind, we let her go and were driven, and having run under a small island called uh, Kaludia. We, we were hardly able to control the small boat. And they're calling this boat small. So there's smaller ones than having uh, this particular one. So did you point out that we had to let her go? Let her go, let her go. Basically, they could not, they just had to let the ship do what the ship was going to do, is how I understand that nautical term. Um. It was exceedingly stormly tossed. The next day, they began to uh, throw overboard. In 19, you'll see, and on the third day, they threw out the ship's tackle. The sun nor stars appear, uh, did not appear for many days, and more storms beat on them. All the hope was taken away. So you can see these storms are terrible. And when they had been a long absence from Sioux, basically they haven't eaten for a long time. Probably a lot of people are, well, I know I would say, sure, you know, it doesn't even have to storm me. Depends on, and I get it. When Paul was standing in the midst of them, said, truly men, you should have listened to me, not to have sailed from Crete and sustained this damage and loss. There you have it. You always have that one person told you, I told you so, there he is. It's Paul. And now I urge you to take courage, for there shall be no loss of, of life among you, but only of the ship. Wow. For tonight, 
for, uh, for tonight, a messenger of Elohim to whom I belong and whom I've served, stood by me saying, do not be afraid, Saul. You have to be brought before Caesar. And look, Elohim has favorably, favorably given you all those who sail with Now, remember back in verse 10, Paul said, the, this is going to be terrible. Don't even get, everything's going to be locked. We're all going to die. And now Paul's tune has changed. Due to who? The Most High. And this is strange because this is maybe something for us to always. Because I know this is me. Sometimes we view things like going to work not going to work right not going to work and then Elohim makes it work out and I'm sure right I'm the only one right can you think of some of these things that I'm the only Paul saying I'm the only one here I'm, well, then I'm the only one <laughs> but it is Paul who is encouraged by Elohim and and presents that forward because ultimately this we know Elohim wants Paul before Caesar and if Elohim said it then Elohim's going to make it happen right so that is behind this whole story as well therefore take courage men for I believe Elohim that it shall be according to the way it was spoken to me so what we have now, that's the verse we're looking for, 14, 14 nights, 14 days of misery, stressed out, constant storms, rain, uh, uh, rain, wind, now thinking maybe they're close to land. They measured the depths and 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 measured the depth and they're finding they're getting it it's getting shallower and shallower. They're getting closer to to land due to what they're measuring so they uh, but the danger is as you get closer to land especially there there there's rock oh that's not going to be very good right so they dropped their anchors uh, uh, from the stern and they were praying for the day to come that gives you a little summary of where we're at and if you do, try to put yourself in that. You're on this boat. 14 days of just constant wind, storm. But when the sailors were uh, seeking to escape from the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea, uh, uh, upper pretense of going to cast out the anchors from the prow. I'm not sure where that is. I think that's back of the boat. Is that what they're describing? I'm not sure. Anyhow, Saul said to the captain and to the soldiers, if these do not remain in the ship, it, it is impossible for you to be saved. Then the soldiers did cut the rope off the boat and left it fall off. And when, and when day was about to come, Paul urged them all to take food, saying, Today is the 14th day you have continued without food and eaten none at all, which 
if they're seasick, I, I can see going 14 days eat. So I urge you to, to take food. For, the, uh, for this concerns your safety, since not a hair shall fall from your head on any of you. Paul's now really encouraged. <laughs> Is he overdoing it? But, hey, someone has to really encourage the situation that's going on here, I would say. And having said this, he took bread, he gave thanks like anyone who would, who believes in the God of Israel. Maybe don't know exactly how that looked, but we could have an idea. In the presence of them all, and they had broken it, he began to eat. And they were all encouraged and also took food themselves. And all of them were 276 sick beings in the ship. And being satisfied with food, they were um, lightening the ship, throwing out the wheat, there it is, the cargo ship, into the sea. And when day came, they did not recognize the land, but they, no, no, um, but they noted a certain bay with a beat unto which they planned to run the ship if possible. So, and as you know, this is a spoiler alert. We're going to be shipwrecked real soon here. Okay? And a reminder, you know, this isn't Paul's first time. I think it's Galatian. He spoke, I've been shipwrecked three times. So he's been through this. Okay? So he's been through this journey before. So this is the island where they come to be now shipwrecked. Yes, bro. Yeah, thanks, Ralphie. So I grew up around nor'easters, been in a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, they are particularly nasty. The thing that's bothersome is they are really wet and, and dense and damp with the rain, but they also get uh, sleet, too. Ooh. Now, I know that's more New England type. You know, Mark's been up there and stuff, and it's just nasty. It's not like a pretty snow or something like that. But it's really cold, like nor'easters. So if they were in a nor'easter for... For two weeks, that's quite a storm cell. Like I, I don't. That's like historically amazing that that something would last that long. Yeah. But the thing is, they're wet, they're frigid. It's not like they got parkas like we do, right? It, I mean, exactly. this is, like Paul would have had a, a cloak, and maybe a coat over that. You know, it probably he wouldn't have pants or anything. He doesn't have a snowsuit. This is really cold. They haven't eaten. There's almost 300 people there. But interestingly enough, <clears throat> typically when a ship is in this uh, dire straits, they're not going to land because of, for the very reasons you've said, they're going to get shipwrecked and crash on the rocks. They're going to ride it out on the water. They're going to stay out there. Yeah. Like how many times we ride stuff out in life, right? But Yaz is particularly telling them you need to go to land, which, do, which wouldn't make sense to a captain or anybody who's a shipbearing person. Hmm. So this to me is, is, is incredible. Plus, Paul is the really the courageous one here, but all these sailors have been through stuff like this, but clearly not this bad. So this is a really bad storm, and I just find that fascinating that they are going against what a captain would normally do. They're definitely lowering the sails, like so the masts aren't torn apart, and they're going to ride it out. They're yeah. going to ride it out way out in sea, safest place to be. I just find that amazing. No, that uh, thank you uh, for 
for that. Cause, and the, the other thing I think I picked up since you're talking about that, there was this aspect that, you know, if it is privately owned, you know, we, we got to keep going. We've got money on here. We can't let this go and all that. So, come on, man hasn't changed. They're going to like, hey, if I, can, I can't lose this cargo. I'm going to lose my business. I'm going to lose money and so on and so on. Yes. Well, you know, uh, teacher Ralph Sr. told me of his experience. I forget the name of the ship, but it was a big ship, and it had a heck of a bad storm. They put cable, wire cable rope around the top deck that they could get un they could get underneath it and they wouldn't be washed away because they kept getting hit with waves. And he said they didn't eat either, but whatever they ate come back in about 20 seconds. So yeah. they weren't getting very much huh. down their tummy. No, it, I, I, it was miserable. I, the, what was going on here. So, as you know, we're going to be shipwrecked real soon here. And having cast off the anchors, they, they left them in the sea. Meanwhile, untying the rudder rope, uh, they hoisted uh, the foresails to the wind and made for the beach. The foresails, that's those little ones in the front, right, I believe. Um, but coming upon a place where two seas met, they grounded the ship and the prow, st uh, prow uh, uh, stuck fast and remained immovable. But the stern was broken by the pounding of the surf, and the soldiers intend to kill the prisoners least any of them should swim away and escape. I have a question. What is um, Baraka? Where? Um, in my, he, in in this translation, it's the complete Jewish Bible. Uh -huh. um, he says that Paul prays a, but I'm going to. Oh, the blessing, the, bar the Baruch, bar the blessing. Is that what it's called? Okay. Yeah. And I maybe something like what we do. Exactly. Blessed are you. Yeah. And as I studied this passage before about how he's on the ship during this, and then he says this blessing, and then it says they all have as much to eat as possible. It always struck me that that's exactly what Christ did when he hmm. fed the five thousand. So I was just like, and I was just looking it up to see if it was the same word in John six, and it is. Same. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. That that is awesome. I'm glad you pointed that out. The that we see this picture of the same thing, uh, uh, the, how Messiah and that, and you know the other thing in when I was reading uh, at least some of this they speculated a lot on board these prisoners were Jewish, and getting their final uh, uh, say it, it with Caesar or or whatever's going on whether that's the case or not but Paul felt comfortable whether they were or not blessed are you Almighty One who is given us all this, you know? This, this is why, because it used the exact same verbiage, and that's what it reminded me of when I was studying Acts first. And then when it's John 6, and it starts in verse 11, it says, Yeshua took the loaves of bread, and after making a, I'm going to butcher that word, baraka, yeah, gave to all that were sitting there likewise with the fish, and they had as much as they wanted. And as much as they wanted, or full, t it's the exact same well, type. It, it it's is the same thing. So, 
It's it's John six eleven. And he did. He broke the bread, handed he it He said around. the same yeah. prayer, and then everybody was filled. And I just thought that was very interesting, and I always wondered if there, uh, there was a miracle there. In the midst of the storm, where God provided for his people, so much so that then in the next breath, they threw the rest of the grain off of the ship. There you go. Awesome. That is awesome. So the next, the next, uh, oh, we have down here, Polly. So the next thing we'll well, I'll mention to you, the soldiers intend to kill the prisoners. Because remember, this happened a couple times before. It's the soldiers who are guarding these prisoners, right? If they do not bring their prisoner to where they need to be, they're 100% responsible. And whatever that prisoner was in for or his judgment might be would come upon that soldier. So the best thing is, hey, we lost them at sea. <laughs> I'm not I'm not dying over these criminals so to speak whether they are or not my life's on the line so that was what the soldiers intended to do here Polly No But the captain intended to save Paul, uh, save Paul, kept them from their intentions and commanded those able to swim to jump first and get in, uh, get to land. And the rest, some indeed on the boat and some and some on items of the ship. And so it came to be that all reached the land safe. Just like Paul said that he was spoken to, what happened, it came to be. So before we leave chapter 27, let's consider this. How did this all begin? Paul's life, really. I mean, you could go way back, Adam and Eve, okay. But no, no maybe not so that far. But it began, it began, let's say, I'm thinking, with John the Baptist. And you, Zechariah, your child should be called the prophet of the Most High. For you shall go before the face of Yahuwah to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of deliverance to his people by the forgiveness of their sin. Though... Through the tender compassions of our Elohim, with which the, uh, which the daybreaks from on high has looked upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the desert until the day of showing himself openly to Israel. I just read you the uh, Luke 1, 7, 7, 7, 6. So I'm just saying it began with John the Baptist in this message that brings Paul to this island shipwreck and everything else that he's gone through. 
And I think a lot of us got to say, we got out of this kind of easy, didn't we? Right? A voice of one crying in the wilderness. Paul's, uh, that was John the Baptist's call. Prepare the way for Yahweh. Make his path straight. John came emerging, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming the immersion of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. That was the big thrust. And Paul hung on to this, and this is what Paul went along speaking about. John the Baptist, he preached one thing in some sense. And baptized for one thing. It was repentance, turning back. Paul's doing the same thing everywhere he goes. To his, to his brothers, to even those who do not know the God of Israel. All have to turn. And this idea, I think, is very important for us to recall this. Repentance then gains forgiveness of sin. You must repent to have forgiveness. That's why it's so important. Then the death and resurrection of Yeshua, the Nazarite. Okay, the one from Nazareth. The one like Moses. And spoken by by the prophet. Messiah's words even said this in Luke 2. He said to them, foolish people, so unwilling to put your trust in, in everything that the prophet spoke. Did the Messiah have to die like this before entering his glory? Then, starting with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them the things that can be found throughout the Tanakh concerning himself. This is why Paul was a, in the position that he was. Because this was what Paul was proclaiming everywhere he went. Paul was shipwrecked for the third time for his Messiah. Paul writes this later on in Romans, since we're going to end up there. He's on his way into Romans. I think that's appropriate. Romans 8, 38, 39. This is Paul's mind. Paul says, you know, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels, messengers, nor any other heavenly rulers, neither that exists nor what is coming Neither powers above, nor powers below, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of Elohim, which comes to us through Messiah Yeshua. Paul's message of the Messiah is that same message Moses and the prophets are now, he's now testifying about. And all the, the apostles, this was the message. And I don't believe it changed, and it can't. The act of those who believed in Messiah and the commandment, taking along now the commandment that were given the most. That's what we have here. This is Paul's message. 
28. And having come safely, they then learned that the island was called Millite. And the foreigners, savages, barbarians, I don't know how it's named, but. And the foreigners showed us extraordinary kindness. For they kindled a fire and received us all because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. Our brother shared what that's like. But Saul, having gathered a bundle of sticks and having laid them on the fire, an adder came out because of the heat and fastened himself to his hand. And when the foreigners saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man is certainly a murderer. Man, that's a strange, out of the blue, he must be a murderer, snakes on his hand. Whom, thought, uh, uh, though saved from the sea, still right ruling does not allow to live. Yeah, he might be saved from the sea, but this murderer, he's a murderer. Then indeed, he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no evil. 276 people, that means they built a lot of fires. They couldn't all get around one fire. There was a lot of fire. The foreigners must have known at some point that he was a, it was a prison ship. Why would they make such a comment unless that was part of their belief system somewhere along the line? I don't know. It seems like all of them were waiting for trial. And who knows some of the what they would have been accused of. Yes, one would think murder. This man is certainly a murderer whom through those saved from the sea. So to them, oh, go ahead, Woody. Uh, uh, just oh, no, I was just agreeing with you just in the study of paganism and everything and the, the, the way that their thoughts go there. Like, oh, this must be a murderer because the sea, like the sea is like the God in this statement. You know, like the sea is, is rule, like it, it's like, worshiping the creation instead of the creature mm -hmm. creator that's what this thought reminds me of and i just love it's just another example of how yahoo is just going to protect his it the the fact that it's a snake biting him too <laughs> of and, all things and, you know it's just Make like it a snake well it's just like it's so it's such a satanic picture <laughs> like like paul's on this mission for yahuwah he's obeying him you know there's all this uh turmoil that happens on the ship you know uh, and still, there's still miracles in his in his life. And yeah, he, exactly. He's faithful. It's just wonderful. Yeah. Paul. This really shouldn't seem too foreign to us. Yeah. Um, I hear so many people say the word karma. <coughs> you know, oh, <coughs> if something bad happens, it's probably karma. Or if something bad happens, they must have had it coming. And that kind of mindset pretty much permeates our society today. Now, it, thank you, Paul. And I think that you're right on about that because uh, however their belief system was, they saw some kind of judgment. 
it doesn't matter. They saw some kind of judgment, however that might be, you know, uh, and what they worshipped in, uh, in their aspect. Yes, sister. I think that karma is translated into mishpat in the Old Testament, maybe. Um, I'd have to check that. Not sure. But the, but if we stick with this concept of uh, still right ruling, so however their structure was, they saw this was just that this happened to this person, depending on how their thought process, on how, their belief system. You know, it was much different, and this is how they believed. But they're going to see how wrong <laughs> they are, are they not? Because remember, Paul has to get to Caesar, so Paul's not going to die, and right judgment is going to prevail then. And expecting that he, he, he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. You've got to think about that. They're just waiting. Go. How long? You know, that's what. Come on. We're, I know all, some of us would be like, just waiting, waiting. He's going to go. And he, waiting for a long time and saw no harm came to him. Changing their minds, they said that. He was, oh, here we go. He must be a god then. That's what, I, well, that's what it is. From one wacko thought process to the next extreme wacko thought process, right? Now, yeah, remember, uh, Paul, this isn't the first time Paul was called a god. Remember that happened to him and Barnabas. He was Zeus and Barnabas, I believe, was the one. Or no, uh Barnabas was Zeus and Paul was the prophet for, or whatever. It's crazy. Mark. I was just going to point out that in a way, in the Hebraic mind, that kind of also was in some of their thoughts. Because in John 9, it talks about, you know, the blind man, they were wondering, was is he blind because of his parents' sin? Yes. So same kind of concept and even in the Hebraic thought. No, yeah, and you can see the influence, and I think that's great that you point that out, Mark, because you know uh, Messiah says what uh, neither him or uh, or his parents have sinned. You're not really looking at the bigger picture here. So, and like anything, I think the bigger thing is you can see how much they were influenced by the people around them, and that means. We are influenced a lot by those things around us. All right? And I, there's, uh, there's plenty. All you have to do is, you know, the Internet, the uh, social media, all these platforms. It's even gotten huger. You know, where Hasatan, he maybe just had a billboard. Now he's running the whole show as far as everything else. You know, so think about that. So... And in, uh, so no harm come to him. And all of a sudden they changed their mind thinking that Paul must be a god then. And in the neighborhood, <laughs> strange wording, in the neighborhood right around the corner um, of that place, there, uh, there were lands of the chief of the island whose name was a populace who received us and housed us in a friendly way for three days. And it came to be that the father of uh, Populus laid sick 
with inflammation and dysentery. Shaul went to him, and having prayed, he laid his hands on him and healed him. And when this took place, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. Man, Paul really changed that whole island around, did he not? He's a murderer. Hey, let's go to the murderer. He's going to heal us all. Right? All of a sudden, that's what happens here. Who was, what's that? <laughs> the snake charmer, yeah. Man, we got to start a whole new religion, the Pauline religion here, right? <laughs> oh, who also respected us in many ways. And when we were uh, uh, setting sail, they provided us with our needs. And after three months, we set sail in an Alexandrian ship which had uh, wintered at the island and whose uh, figurehead was twin brothers. That's that thing out front of the boat. So three months on this island, you've got to ask yourself, do you think they heard of the God of Israel and the Messiah? Definitely. I like that. Yes, they definitely heard about the Messiah because Paul's not going to go around. I'm a God. Let me heal you. Now, let me tell you the power that's in me. And there you have Elohim set forth another opportunity that would not have happened. Fourteen days of misery, island wreck for the purpose of Elohim. Again, I think we get out of a lot of stuff easy. So they set sail again after the winter here. And having landed in Sarkus, uh, they, um, they stayed three days, from which place we went around and arrived at uh, Regim. And after one day, the south wind blew, and the second day it came to Petiel. So eventually, they end up in Rome. And when the brothers heard that Paul arrived, you mean there's brothers that believe in Messiah there? I don't know. Or maybe it's just other, other Jews. They knew Paul arrived. And they came from uh, far distances. And Saul saw them, and he thanked Elohim and, uh, and took courage. So it seems like it's more like they were also brothers in the sense, messianic brothers in this. And that is something that I personally found myself reading through these and uh, over the years. You know, there was others that went out and spoke about Messiah and shared that good news before Paul and even Peter sometimes uh, got to them. That message went out, all right? And it, it's interesting. And we're just blessed with some of the great highlights of those who followed and took that message. And we came to Rome. The captain delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard, but Saul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier, uh, soldier guarding him. 
So Paul was a special uh, case. You know what? Because uh, of time, let's just, we'll come right back here, and next week, I guarantee you, we can finish Acts 28. Okay? But keep in mind all the things I, that weighed on the stuff that Paul went because of his God. Because of his being able to be forgiven of the m things that he did against his God and others. Father, Yahweh, great and mighty you are, and you are merciful. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your words. We thank you for the empowerment of your spirit. Be with us, Father, as we continue this walk today and onward. Father, we so need your wisdom and your insight and your guidance. Father, how will we overcome if you are not with us and help us? We thank you again for the love that we find in your son, Yeshua, our Messiah, your very word made flesh. Amen. Shabbat shalom, everyone online. See you next week.